Welcome to the Freedom Frontline Podcast. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, completely unfiltered, and completely uncensored. Today's guest is very near and dear to my heart. Her name is Brittany Galvin. She's been an absolute inspiration as I've watched her online battle through vaccine injury from one of the COVID-19 vaccinations. Even though this has happened to her, she hasn't let it get her down at all. She has taken her time to make sure that she can help anybody online that she can, anybody that reaches out, and has used her voice for good, and I absolutely commend her for her efforts. So without further ado, this is my conversation with the amazing Brittany Galvin. I'm great. Yourself? I'm good. <laughs> All right. So um, I guess let's get right into it. So to tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, I guess we'll start there. Um, just you mean about like who I am? Yeah, sure. Um, well, my name is Brittany Galvin. I am from Tampa, Florida. I'm married to a deputy, been married seven years. Don't tell my to think about that. <laughs> um, I have three kids, a 14-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a four-year-old. Um, and I'm a vice president of sales for a payroll company, a PEO, but most people don't know what that is. So it's payroll benefits workers comp. Pretty busy job and doing it a long time. Awesome. So um, like I've been following you for the last little while. Obviously, uh, you know, I'm kind of in the community that uh Kind of just, you know, didn't want anyone to get vaccinated with these absolute poison shots. And, uh, you know, I've just kind of been against the thing right from the beginning. Um, you know, granted, not everybody has. It was it was sold really well to everybody. So, I mean, you can't blame anyone. It, we are part of the greatest marketing campaign that the world has ever seen. We are witnessing it right now. Right. So, um, I guess let's start with like, you know, what, what was your... Um, like position on the entire pandemic to begin with? Well, it's interesting because I'm always, I've always been a vocal person. So you, you know, about myself, one thing I will go back and say is like, I, everybody who knows me, I've always been somebody who speaks my mind. Um, I've, I've always been told I post too much on social media. Like ironically um, I've always been that person. So when the whole pandemic first started, I actually got COVID. Um, I had traveled from New York to New Jersey, to Texas, to Vegas. And I ended at Super Bowl in Vegas and was there for like two and a half weeks. About two weeks after I came home, I was so super sick. I mean, I have autoimmune, so I've been through the whole rheumatoid arthritis before and the fibromyalgia thing before it was like, I, it wasn't bad. I was actually very sick. I developed this cough that I just could not break. Um, fevers on and off and weird fevers. Like it would be like 101 one minute and 20 minutes later, it would be like 99. It was the craziest thing ever. The ears were burning. Um, I had tingles all over my body, just weird stuff. And I remember that the whole China virus like thing, that's what they were calling it at first, you know, um, came out and I was like, oh my God, I think that's what I have. So I, I've never told anybody the story yet before other than, you know, back when it happened, but I went to a walk-in clinic and told the doctor, I think I have COVID. And she was like, Oh, well, you haven't been to China. So you're fine. Like verbatim. That's what she told me. No mask, no gloves, no nothing. And I was like, well, I really think that you should test me because although I haven't been to China, I've been in Vegas around a lot of Chinese people like for two and a half weeks with no mask on. And here I am two weeks later, like super sick. So she ended up testing me for COVID. I was one of the first to like ever be tested in my area, mm -hmm. um, a little town called Land Lakes, which is a little North of Tampa. And of course she did, she actually did the flu. I believe she, if I remember correctly, she did the flu as well and did struck throat. Everything came back negative, but it was nothing like the first, it was nothing like the, I guess the next 15, 20 times that I got 
tested for COVID. She didn't like put it all the way back there. It was just like a little swab. And like I said, she had no, no like gloves on or anything. And so I was very vocal during all of this about the fact that everyone needed to mask up and this was real and people were really sick. And I was like buying it. I, I was buying it big time. Um, I wasn't buying the whole vaccine thing if we fast forward a little, but the whole COVID thing, I was, I was very judgmental about as the next few months played out when people were like, have you actually ever met someone with COVID? I was like, Oh, right here. Like I ended up, I ended up getting tested multiple times. I ended up in the hospital. I ended up becoming septic and I ended up being in like an ICU room. (laughs) They said I had COVID. I never saw a COVID positive test, but I know I was treated for COVID and I know the hospital got paid for me being a COVID patient. Um, they actually gave me hydroxychloroquine and I was better within 24 hours. Surprise, surprise. So I went from, (laughs) yeah. So I went from being like, you need to put on your mask to, whoa, hold up. Like this medicine actually worked. Yeah. Like, why are we not putting it out there? And then my whole, my whole mind shifted, everything changed. And then my focus kind of went the opposite direction. So, um, by the time we got to the whole vaccine talk, I was already doing a little bit of research, but clearly not enough because I allowed myself to be, you know, influenced. So, so when was it that you got COVID exactly? It was like February of 2020. So they had already had a few months of like us dealing with this. They knew what it was. I mean, it wasn't really declared a you know, pandemic till March, I believe. So you kind of were a little earlier, but I mean, don't get me wrong. 2019, uh, November, 2019, I had the same thing where I had like, not obviously I wasn't put in the hospital, but I had a serious respiratory infection. Um, and they just did the same thing. Yeah. Here's some antibiotics and go rest. And I was fine. So it's like like five rounds of that. Right. And that's terrible for the immune system, right? That just nerfs right. you entirely. And then it's pretty wild that they give you something like uh, hydroxychloroquine, you know, something that's yeah. been around for six decades and is the gold standard of medication. Like, but now yeah. all of a sudden is the demon juice, right? Um, so you had COVID uh, in and around February. Um, mm-hmm. And you said that like they, they didn't test positive. Like, were they using a PCR test on you? Um, they were using... The PCR is not the fast one, right? Uh, No, that's a rapid test. A little different. Yeah. No, they were using PCR. Okay. But I will tell you that I started being vocal. Like, I don't know. You could probably still see it on my Facebook. If you scroll back, like I've made it pretty private now, but if you scroll back, I had some public posts back then. Um, I haven't even gone back to see, but I was pretty vocal about the fact that every test I started, like if you, if you've been following me, you've learned my personality. I'm very like analytical So I started paying attention to the fact that everybody was testing me differently. One Mm -hmm. minute, it was both nostrils. The next, the next minute, it was all the way to my brain. The next test I had was just like right here, but it went on for like six, I'd want to say like six to eight weeks from the, from the onset of when I was sick to all the different antibiotics and all the different steroids they were giving me. I was tested all the time. It wasn't until I went to the ER thinking I was having a heart attack that the doctor came in and was like, so I started getting all this chest pain. And that, so I went in, I was like, finally, this is like my 10th time coming to a hospital. I swear to you, something's wrong with me. I must have COVID. Everyone yeah. thought I was on hypochondriac. He walked in and he's like, you didn't have a mask on either. And I remember saying like, why don't you have a mask on? Cause the whole country is freaking out. And he's like, oh, I've already had COVID. I'm fine. I remember him saying that they took my blood. They came back in, they put me on all these oxygen treatments. Cause my oxygen was super low. And he's like, well, you're being transferred to a hospital, to a COVID unit, you're positive for COVID and you are going septic. And I was like, what? So they transferred me by ambulance. And next thing I know, I was in the COVID unit at Advent Advent Hospital Carrollwood. And this point they they (laughs) prescribed you uh, hydroxychloroquine. Immediately, zinc, um, azithromycin, vitamin C and vitamin D both. (laughs) at the hospital you know what's funny about this is this is and all of the shit that they are that they are swearing up and down doesn't work at all oh it it was the only thing <laughs> the only thing i i i filmed it all just like i film everything now yeah i have all those videos of me in the hospital like unable to breathe look like complete shit and i mean within 24 hours i was like oh my god i can breathe again guys like that's wild oh god i'm this is crazy so I never saw the positive test, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was the entire time. They told me I had it. 
and they yeah. definitely gave me the meds for it. And this this go around, I'm on the ivermectin. <laughs> I'm, on day, I'm on day four right now. And and that's being prescribed to you, like they're yeah. And I just it... walked I just walked across my kitchen living room to get here. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is wild, right? And and the reason yeah. it's wild is because again, these are the things that you know us in this community from the beginning have been saying, you know, this works. We have treatments. Like they're yeah. developing all of these, you know, the, all these jabs that aren't nothing is tested, right? And and right. you know, why why are we not using the treatments that we already have? Why? Because you know, ivermectin is worthless. Hydroxychloroquine is only like, you know, 10 cents a tablet. Like there's no money involved in any of it. Right. Well, there's no money and the EUA can't be approved if there are, so it can't continue. It can't continue and they need the EUA to continue because they can't get an approval until the studies are done and the studies won't be done until 2023. Yeah. So money and. So now, so you got prescribed uh, HCQ and then uh, I, you started feeling better immediately. Um, yeah. And then what happened after, after this, like, when did you decide to, um, when did you decide that you needed a vaccine? So the whole kind of like emotional roller coaster I just told you about where I was like, so against it, judging everyone for it. Yeah. Um, I call myself a judgy Judy back then. And then it like changed, it changed me and it made me better. And I kind of went through like this whole thing. Um, and I've always been an independent voter. So I voted for Obama and I voted for Trump, you know, so I, I'm completely in the middle. So it wasn't like a political thing for me. So I had already been mind freaked. Um, So when the whole like talk came of the vaccines, I just sat back and listened really. And I did some research and I was just like this, the MRNAs, like, I'm just not so sure about them. Like all the ferrets died thing. I looked into that and I was like, holy crap, that's real. Um, I was like, I really don't want to get this, but what I do for a living, I'm dealing with business owners and their employees. So it's to a nurse. Mm-hmm. in medical field, you're dealing with these people all day long. And not only that, but we are an HR company. So we're liable for these people. They yeah. go under our federal ID number. Um, you know, for example, if we have a 30 person company, it goes under my company's federal ID number, all those mm-hmm. employees do. So they're technically our employees. So I felt this pressure of liability from my CEO and from our legal team and our HR team that we all had to get this. You know, it was constantly being talked about and constantly being pressured onto me to the point where like they were telling me where I could go and how I could get it around my house. Um, we're a nationwide company, but there's only like 28 of us in my position and we were all being given the same speech. So I held off as long as I could. And I was just like, you know, played the part like, yeah, I know I should get it. Um, sorry, you need me? Sorry, my husband was putting the baby to bed. Um, I was like, I know that I should, I should get it, but I really didn't want to. And it came down to, we were on a stay at home order. We've been on one since March of last year. So my job being in sales, got a pretty good salary. Took me almost 17 years to earn this salary. Um, you know, it's six figures plus commission. So at 35 years old making that income and it took that long to get there. I wasn't during a pandemic it's not like I can go get another job. You know, it's no. not like if they're pushing this this hard, I can't be the one staying. Well, if I want to go back to normal, I'm not getting, you know, I can't not get the vaccine if I want to go back to normal. So people ask me all the time, like, did they force you to get it? No, they didn't force me to get it. Ultimately it was my decision, but had I not done it, I probably could have been pushed out pretty easily. Um, And I know there are people that work with me that still haven't gotten it. And I wonder, you know, and and not just my job and all the jobs out there. I feel like this is the pressure people are going through. You are, you are outed. Like in our company, if you don't have a vaccination, you can't even go into the office. You have to wear a mask on any appointments and you are not allowed to go into the office. I didn't want to be that person, you know, so I was pressured in that way. So what happened was I, I felt like, okay, I need an, I need an exemption. Right. So I called up my rheumatologist and I told them the story and I was like, look, my, my job really wants all of us to get this, but I'm nervous. If it was like the flu vaccine or something, so be it, whatever. I'm pro-vax. I have no problem with it. I had COVID. Like I know how dangerous it could be, 
but I don't want it. It's not, it's not studied. It went on a six week trial before it got EUA authorization. Like I've done enough research to know that I really don't want it. And the secretary at my rheumatologist office was like, she came back on the phone, she put me in hold, she came back and she was like, no, we're recommending all patients get it. And I was just like, how, how can you do that? Rheumatology is kind of like having cancer in a sense where half yeah. of us are on chemotherapy just to treat our rheumatology. So, you know, our, our issues, how can you say we're all treated the same? Doesn't make any sense to me. Right. And she was like, oh, well, that's what the board of rheumatology is recommending. So we can't provide that to you. So then I was told I had to go get one. So I call up like the publics and all these places and they're like, oh, this, the age hadn't changed yet. You had to be a certain like age to get yeah. it. I think mm-hmm. at that time it was still 50 plus. Mm-hmm. So I actually called back again, the rheumatology. I was like, I can't even get this. And my job's making it. They're like, oh, we'll send you a letter. So I was thinking they were sending me an exemption letter. They sent me a letter stating that I needed to get it. <sighs> so I literally had no out. I was, I mean, I could have declined, but the pressure was just too real. Well, and, and that's just it, right? Like they've backed people into a corner and, and they've made it seem as though like, look, um, you know, no matter how much schooling, no matter how much history you have with the company, no matter how much we like you, it was pretty interesting to me to see that, you know, companies that have had, um, you know, vice presidents and anybody, anybody from their best employee. And, you know, they go, they've been playing golf and hanging out with each other's families for 10, 15 years. And then because of this difference of opinion, now that just goes out the window, right? We've seen it with, you know, oh, yeah. families, we've seen it in companies, we've seen it everywhere. So it's just, in my eyes, it was just a divide that they've put down and said, you are going to be tested on regardless, regardless. Right. And people just, they, everyone drank the kool-aid right i mean i'm sure had you had known that like uh if you've already had covid you have antibodies that cover any variant out there any variant quote-unquote right right but uh you know i i think that's why i think that's why it's it's so hard for people to say no though i mean like you said you were there for what 17 years you said well i've done it for 17 years i've been at this company for four there you go though, right? Like the last 17 years and you're 35, you said mm-hmm. like you're, you're three years older than me. Like that's, we are young. Like that's a long yeah. time. That's half your life. Since my prime. <laughs> right. Since so before it's, I could even drink alcohol. <laughs> absolutely. So like, yeah, dude, I, I totally get it. And I, I sympathize so much with you having to do that. Cause I mean, that's pressure that no one needs to face. Cause I mean, you know, you have a home, you have children and it's like, well, what do I do? Do I just say no? And then, and then what? And then what if right. I lose my house and I have children, they put people. Well, that was exactly it. 100%. That was exactly it. We just bought a big house on the water and um, not big house, but you know, a house on the water. We just bought a mm-hmm. boat up right before the pandemic. We were yeah. all excited. I was making, I'm making good money yeah. and the pandemic hits and your commission starts to go down. And you've got that salary, but you also have a venture capitalist company backing your company and they're watching yeah. you. Yeah. If you know, if you're not selling, you're on yeah. a stay at home yeah. order and, oh, you can go back to normal. If you get vaccinated, if we all just get vaccinated, we can get back to normal. I needed to get back to normal. hundred percent. Absolutely. You know? And that's what they're doing to everybody. Oh, everyone, like even over here in Canada, I don't know how you guys have it over there in Tampa, but like, we are still, um, we're full-blown communism at this point. Like it's, yeah. it's nothing different. Like we have Trudeau telling us, you know, like Bill C-10 is, uh, you know, internet just, censorship. And then, yeah. you know, C-36 is now, you could say right now on this podcast that I somehow, you know, said a hate crime and you don't even have to identify yourself and I'll do jail time. Like it's full-blown clown world over here. It's insane. So um, back to your story. So you've been doing this forever. They told you, you have to go get it. Uh, signed your letter. So you went in, uh, what was the experience like uh, for you going in? Which one did you decide? Well, get forced. I'll say that into into getting. So I decided if I was going to have to get the thing that I was going to get the one that had the least, it's funny because I chose, I chose the one I, my husband and I talked about a million times. I was like, well, I'm going to get the one that's least effective. J and J. Did you go with J and J? No, no. <laughs> I wanted J and J, and that's the one I chose. And I went on Publix, so we have Publix, the grocery store here. 
And even my boss had told me, if you go on Wednesdays, you can get the J and J. So like he even knew. So I scheduled online for the Publix, went in, I show up for my appointment and they're like, oh, we're so sorry. J and J is no longer doing um, vaccinations. That's like the day before they had, I guess, shut it down because of blood clots. So I get there and they're like, you're going to get the Moderna. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. (laughs) It's just like, okay, what else could go wrong? So I, I mean, again, if you know my, if you've been following me, you get a little bit of my like personality. I'm a big sassy. So I'm like standing in the line and I'm like, okay, let's get this thing done. Like literally get it done. If you don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. Um, They're like, okay, okay, we'll take you in. I fill out this one page form that asks if I have autoimmune, if I've been on um, any immunosuppressants, which I had, um, if I had been allergic to anything, I put gabapentin, I'm allergic to gabapentin, some medication, but it asked about shellfish. And I remember posting on Facebook, like, why is it? And I posted a picture, like, why are they asking me if I'm allergic to shellfish and saline? I couldn't understand why they were asking if I was allergic to saline, because my understanding at the time was that the studies that they did you know, they're telling everyone on TV that the trial one and trial two were already done, which we know now is a complete falsehood. Like that's not true at all. Um, but at the time I was thinking they were done. So I was like, well, there's no way I could get a placebo on like accident because they already did the placebo. So why are they asking me about saline? And I don't know. I just didn't ask the guy, I guess. I, I didn't ask him anything, but in bold letters on the form, it says, if you answered yes to any of this, your pharmacist must speak with you before getting the vaccine. So I handed them, it's like a regular pharmacy. So you would expect you hand them the form. They look at it. It says, yes, they're supposed to sit down and talk to you. They did it. They sat me down and injected me. There was no speech, no talk, no nothing. Um, They were just like, okay, have a seat, put the alcohol on, done. So that was the first injection. Um, You're also supposed to sit around for 15 to 30 minutes or whatever. I got up and walked away immediately. Nothing. No one said anything to me. And my arms started hurting immediately. I did some grocery shopping because the pharmacy is inside the grocery store. I felt some tingles. I got home like an hour to two hours later. I was like getting up from my couch, which is probably only 10 to 20 feet from my couch to my kitchen. And I was getting up and I like looked down at my legs and I was like, wow, they're not freaking moving. Like, why are my legs not moving? And like, when I say not moving, like they were moving, but it was like very, very heavy, like kind of like if you're on some really, really heavy sleeping medicine, yeah, the best way I can explain it, like very, very heavy, like, let's just say you take way too much NyQuil and you go to stand up and you're just like, ugh, like really heavy. That's how I felt. I felt like I was walking through cement and I said something to my husband. He's like, oh, just go lay down. And for 48 hours, I was like that. Maybe give or take a little, a little you know, it tingles all over my body. I took a bath. I even posted on Facebook about that. I took a bath like five times that night, like 3.30, 4.30, 30 in the morning, took a hot bath, the hottest bath I could because my whole body was just like in shivers, but I didn't have a fever. I was sweating and then I would shiver and then I was sweating and then I would shiver, couldn't walk, headache, all that. Went away as fast as it came. So I remember like on my Snapchat being like, oh, I'm fine now guys. And I was fine looking back what I didn't put together. So a lot of people going out there saying, Oh, I don't have side effects. I don't know anyone that has side effects. Um, one of the things I had back then that I didn't realize was part of it. So I had like diarrhea, I had a migraine, I had some chest pain. I just thought I had heartburn, but now I'm putting it all together. I had during all that time, by the time I had to go get the second shot, I started making shit up (laughs) and I was like, Oh, I'm sick. (laughs) Like I can't, um, I can't go today. I think I rescheduled like three times. Um, we even went to Mexico on a vacation and I didn't have the second vaccination yet. So I went, people don't know this, but you can go 14 days after the date that you're supposed to go. So if I had the first one on March 24th, I should have had the second one, like April 22nd or 21st, something like that. I didn't get it until May 3rd. So I went to Mexico in between. And again, one of those looking back things, we were in Mexico for five days. 
on the second to last day, I got so much pain in my lower legs and in my lower back that I actually canceled my, um, what are they called? Excursions. And my husband and I were there with like my, I have a little clothing company I do on the side. And we were there with all of them for fun. It was a bunch of women. It was a a ton of fun swimming with dolphins and everything. And I canceled the excursions because I was in so much pain. I didn't put two and two together. I get home. I call my spine doctor because I have previous spine surgery. I'm like, dude, something's wrong with me. He takes me in. He does like these emergency injections on me. He's like, it didn't work. So I had to go back again, like a day later, um, put me on like a really strong steroid. It was crazy because I wasn't realizing any of this had to do with the vaccine. It was all happening. And I had no idea. Now I know that that was the GBS starting. Like I was getting pain because everything was, my nerves were freaking the crap out. Yeah. Uh, then I went and got the second vaccine and I was actually surprised that I didn't have any immediate response. Like I remember telling my boss like, Oh, I was fine. I'm, I'm here three days after and I'm nothing, no big deal. Um, and he even told me, yeah, my wife had the same response, but then my brother sent me a video. I don't know, like nine or 10 days after. And was like, oh, you should try this. And it was the magnet sticking to the arm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should. And I thought it was funny. And I thought it wasn't going to be real. And I started doing it. And I became obsessed with it because it actually was real. And it actually worked. My My kids were doing it to me. My husband was doing it to me. I was doing it when we went to restaurants. We have a local bar that we go to. And I was like showing everyone at the bar. And I'm always arguing politics with a couple of guys there. And I was like showing them because they totally didn't believe it. I did it to them where their vaccination was and they, I filmed it all and they were all like, oh my God, this is crazy. This was before anyone was really doing it. This was like when there were only one or two videos out. I'm like, holy crap. So then I made it this thing where I was going to post. I don't know if you saw my earlier post, but I was like, I'm going to post every freaking day, a new item to my body yeah, yeah. every day until somebody gives me an answer because this is weird. On the third day that I, I think it was the third day that I was doing that. Somebody like, not, I don't want to say dared me, but somebody told me you should sleep with one under a bandaid on your injection site to see if like anything clumps up or, and I mean, they may have been saying that thinking it was a nano chip or something. I don't know. I was thinking it was funny, you know, again, looking back stupidity on me, but I woke up the next morning and that's when I had my attack and that's when everything went downhill like everything so something yes i do remember at one point too didn't you like uh because obviously you get these people online that even though it's happening to you you're showing them right in front of their face you know like use your fucking eyeballs this is happening to me in real time (laughs) right yeah and they're still like no no wash your arm it's the oils on your skin so you were like i remember you scrubbing it down a bottle of dawn soap Right. And that was, that was like on the third day. So you can see, I was exhausted. You can see yeah. my whole complexion changed in the three Everything. days that I was doing it. Everything. I mean, I look back at those videos and I'm like, holy shit, you can see that I went from fun, loving, like thinking it's funny to the third day, like completely exhausted, oh, totally yeah. worn out. Yeah. like, holy shit, something's wrong. And it, it was just crazy. Like at that point, it was only sticking to my arm on the injection site though wasn't sticking anywhere else like yeah. i did try the other arm i did try other places it wasn't sticking anywhere at that point Only but i washed it and i did it then everyone was like oh do it with baby powder so i started like researching if the talc or whatever it's called if it would even work which it wouldn't so everyone who gives that idea of oh put a bunch of baby powder on yourself it actually is going to give the reverse um i don't know what the whole scientific thing is but it's going to give like a reverse magnetism so it's not going to work it's going to push the crap off of you right. um, and it's going to slide off. It's like putting baby oil on your skin. So if it's a weaker, if it's a weak magnetism, and even if it's two magnets on a fridge or something, if it's a very weak magnet and you put baby oil on it, it's not going to stick. It's going to fall yeah. off. So it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. So that's the one thing I refused to do at first was the baby powder thing. But I did wash and like put all that. I went live. I did it at a restaurant live just to prove people's reactions. Absolutely. I felt for all that so first. then I guess, so this is about, uh, so I get sent everything, right. Being one of the, the, the like first say 10 to 15 in the like pushback movement in Canada. Um, yeah. so when I first 
saw your videos in the beginning, it's like, there's part of us that's kind of like, ha, right? Like, <laughs> look at what's happening to these people. They didn't listen. We're, we're yelling, yeah. like, hopefully now this Got will bring some, bring some awareness. But then like, as I found you, there was something different, right? And the reason being, you weren't one of these random little TikToker dummies that's just like, huh, I'm a fridge now, right? It's kind of somebody okay. that's like, hey, guys, um, there's something very wrong here. And that's when I started following along, like, okay, you know what? Like, I, I genuinely feel for this lady because she's trying everything and she's trying to basically say, guys, this is not funny. Like, do some research, do some homework. This is not right. cool. I was fine right? I was completely fine. And now I can stick anything to myself. Mm -hmm. So I oh, remember yeah. by the time you see that video that you're talking about right now, I feel like I look like a basket case. Oh man. And, and honestly, you didn't, that that's exactly what made me want to want to connect because I was like, man, honestly, there was part of me that was just like, dude, she needs help. Like, I can't wait till she decides to say I'm ready to speak out. That's why I don't know how quick you posted that email, but I messaged you <laughs> like right at the I'm moment just, I saw it, right? Yeah. Because it was like, man, I've been waiting so long for somebody with a brain in their head to actually have the conversation because there's how many people out there that are able to do this, like hanging, you know, a full cell phone on their face and they're mm -hmm. like, you know, just laughing about it. And it's like, dude, this is the problem with society, right? Like you're seeing it happen right. to yourself in real time. And you're still telling everyone else to go get this thing. Because right? it's easier. It's easier to follow along with a hundred percent, hundred percent. So that's exactly why, um, again, I, I had to reach out because your, your story is, uh, quite different because yours was based on raising awareness. Um, so let's kind of start, the, um, in, in that, that time frame. So you started being able to stick things to yourself and then mm -hmm. you slowly started, like I watched online and it was like starting to break my heart. Cause like your, your physical appearance was starting to like, you look like your yeah. body was just going through hell. And it that's, yeah. oh man, I honestly had to stop. Like if I seen your name on my feed, I'd have to scroll past for a couple of days. Cause it was like, man, I'm a, I'm a human with a heart. I don't want to see somebody, you know, dwindling well, away. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, there was a part of me that wanted to continue to journal it because I didn't think I was going to live. Yeah. I was like, these people deserve to know what's happening. Yeah. Um, so I journaled every freaking little second. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was what a crazy ride, man. Like I'm not you. I was just kind of like a, you know, an onlooker and like, I can't even express to you how grateful like we as a community are all the way over here in Canada that you had the balls to like stick it out <laughs> and, and say like that's why when I said on the text like dude you're a beast because I mean <laughs> <laughs> if I was in the hospital I wouldn't be vlogging a damn thing <laughs> right I would be like yeah. dude leave me alone so what was it that gave you the um like you know the 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 ability to kind of continue to, to record your journey and be very specific. Cause you were even in the hospital, like, Hey guys, like, you know, they're even doing the magnet test and it's freaking them out. So like, how did that go? Well, because I mean, I guess what drove me is exactly what you said. Like the need to, the need selfishly to want answers, like what is happening to me? Why is this happening? Like I thought it was funny in the beginning too. And it's not. And I know that there are millions and millions of me. Yeah. Right. And I know that I'm a strong personality. I know that I'm very analytical. I know that I'm very a type. I know that I'm out there. Um, some people can't handle me. A lot of people love me, but some people can't handle my personality. I'm, I can, I can handle myself, but I am a very rare breed when it comes like to that aspect. Like there are not a lot of people who are strong enough to speak up for themselves, no matter what happens. And it's actually, you know, to my detriment sometimes, right. It's not always a positive thing. But in this situation, I was like, nothing is going to stop me. Um, I haven't really, I think I told it a little bit on my stories, but I was very apprehensive about telling this part of what I'm about to tell you part of it while I was there, because I did get threatened. Um, the hospital management came in my room with security on my like second day there and threatened me. 
and told me that I had to stop recording. And I don't even know how they knew. Um, the one video you see of me putting the phone in front of me and me telling the nurse I'm record, I flat out told her I'm recording. I even pointed to it. And you hear her at the end go, is this going viral? Like she can't, she didn't care. She was like, she was all whatever, you know? Um, and the Lewis guy, now I don't have a freaking bone in my body that cares what they have to think about it. But while I was in there, it got to the point to where I got scared. I got scared that I was being threatened. I got scared that someone was calling my job from New Mexico and I had to get the police involved. I got scared that they, the doctors were taking away my morphine. Three full days, I went with no morphine. And if you've ever had a spinal leak on top of having GBS, on top of having POTS, on top of your heart rate being 180, freaking, I was gonna say mile per hour, but beats per minute, um, constantly, like in every minute, not being able to walk more and more, all this going on in an extreme amount of pain. And they literally were taking away my morphine as punishment. They were punishing me. Um, I would hit the nurse button and the nurses would come in and check. But if it was like, a, if it was a set of nurses that didn't like me, you know, if it was the night nurses that did not like me because they're the ones that reported me to security, I knew I wasn't going to be taken care of that night. It was, it was shitty. It was really shitty. I didn't want to put that out there while I was in there. So I was blogging a lot of things too, for my own sanity, because I knew in the back of my mind, like, not only do I want answers but I want people to know what's happening in here. And I want to be able to turn around and tell my story because I may need a lawyer one day, or I might be dead and my family is going to need a lawyer. So it got to the point. I mean, there were two or three different times that I called from my bed and I haven't told anyone this yet. I called from my bed, the security at the front of the hospital. So I called off of my cell phone, asked to speak to the management of the hospital. One of it, one time it was like in the middle of the night started screaming at them on the phone that if they didn't get me pain medicine, that they were all going to be sued. Like I went crazy on them because it was just, it was crazy. It was over and over and over. At one point, the nurse told me that women, my age, like it was the whole women, my age get addicted to drugs too easily. And that's why the doctors don't wow. want medicine. Um, one particular doctor, his name was Dr. Shakib Khan. I don't even care if people know his name. Um, I have made a, a grievance over him and I am filing with the medical board, a complaint against him. He didn't touch me one time. He was the attending doctor the whole time I was there. He didn't touch me once. He didn't check my lungs. He didn't check my breathing. He didn't check my heart rate. He didn't come in and like, you know, what do they call, um, do the whole thing on you, whatever. My brain fog is real. He didn't come in and do anything to me. But if you wow. look at my, if you look at my records, it says that he checked me every time and that my lungs were clear and all these things. So they they were not only threatening me, but they were they were treating me like complete shit because wow. I had a Moderna vaccine injury written on my chart. Did you notice that when you were in the hospital, uh, the moment that they found out that you had, I guess, vaccine injury from Moderna, like written down on your paperwork, that you were treated differently immediately after that? Yeah. Immediately to the point to where, again, one of these things I didn't want to admit when I was in there, like Stu Peter, you saw Stu Peters did the show on me and stuff. And I had him like blank out the doctor's name because I was afraid people would like call and give him trouble because he was willing to write vaccine injury. Um, he actually told the nurse like in front of me, you need to report this, you know, yada, yada. And he wasn't like a anti-vax person. He actually gave me a whole speech about how I could get the same thing from the flu shot. Um, you know, so he wasn't like, if it's people are mistaken, if they think he's like one of these doctors that was against everything. Um, his name also was Dr. Khan. It was funny. I had two Dr. Khans, but I didn't want anyone knowing his name was that when I was in there, but he told me, I was like, oh my God, I, I need a hug from you. Like you're giving me a diagnosis and you're finally like understanding that this is a vaccine injury. And, um, he was like, Oh, I'll give you an air hug. I remember him saying, I'll give you an air hug. And I was like, why are these other doctors treating me like shit? And he was like, they're ignorant, Brittany. And he told me, he was like, they are ignorant. Do not listen to them. Don't worry about it. And so I was like, well, what's going to happen with my pain? I was so worried about it. I'm like, what's going to happen with my pain management? Because now that I have a diagnosis, yeah. yeah, they can't take it away from me. They can't call me crazy. They can't say it's anxiety. They can't say I'm a 35 year old trying to get drugs. He's like, oh, I will make sure that your pain medicine is not taken away. Ugh, they, they still took it away. 
and still try and taking it away. It was crazy, but I was treated differently from that point forward by everybody. It's funny, you could tell, you could tell the ones that think like me and think like us because they would come in and start being like, oh my gosh, when did you get the Moderna shot? So clearly it was written all over my chart. Um, and they were inquisitive, right? They wanted to know when I got it and what, what were my symptoms and their brother and sister got it and da, 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 and they'd tell me their story. And then you've got the other ones, like my favorite nurse, um, her name was Melissa and she was like my all-time favorite nurse, but she told me, she's like, well, you still are going to get your kids vaccinated, right? Wow. I'm just like, you are the best nurse I've ever had in my life. You're looking at me right now. What's happening? You're telling me that I should get my kids vaccinated. <laughs> wow. Unreal. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> so after this, uh, how, how many times did you wind up going into the hospital? Three times. The so, third time I was there for 10 straight days, 10 or 11 days. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, what does, uh, you know, like what, what were your, what was the like feelings at home with the kids and like, you, you, like your husband and like, that's gotta be that, that weighs heavy, right? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, at first my husband thought I was just hung over and crazy. At first he was like, oh, you drank too much champagne last night. He didn't yeah. realize until he heard the ner- the 911 call himself when I got it and I like showed it to him. He didn't yeah. realize how serious it actually was. You know, he wasn't home when I called 911. So he didn't see mm. my body seize up. He didn't see what happened to me. He just yeah. thought I was having a headache and having more, you know, I've had a lot of surgery. I've had back surgery. I had a shoulder repair, you know, shoulder um, rotator cuff repair. I've had a hysterectomy. So my husband is used to, I have a surgery. I'm down for a little bit and I get back. He's not used to me having a true illness like this was. Um, So it was pretty tough on him. And he's a deputy, you know, he's a sheriff. So his schedule is not very easy. And I don't care what anybody says. They're not the greatest to these guys. So they don't get a ton of time off. Um, we actually had to get him FML pa- FMLA paperwork just to be able to take care of the children while I was in the hospital. The kids didn't understand it. I mean, obviously it got more and more serious. And when they diagnosed me with Guillain-Barre, it was very serious because there was a chance I was getting put on a ventilator. You know, and if it went up my body any anymore, it was already to my stomach. And if it went up my body anymore, it could hit my diaphragm. So it became very serious, very quick. Yeah. I mean, that's holy, like, I'm so grateful that, you know, they didn't actually put you on the ventilator because, uh, I don't know if you've listened to any of my podcasts yet, but I had a nurse on, uh, from around here that works at three of the hospitals and, you know, I've known it forever that, you know, it's, this is not a respiratory illness. It is a blood disorder. And what it does is just causes very heavy inflammation. So they were just throwing people on the ventilators. And they, they were fucking killing people, right? Yeah. Because that's that that wasn't the problem. But they were just like, oh, no, you know, whatever. Just throw them on a ventilator. And now we see ventilators brand new in the box being crushed at the dump because they're just not, you know, right. they, they, they're absolutely nothing. So you go in your third time. Um, you come home. And then this is when I started noticing the thing that literally makes my blood boil It makes me want to grab these big tech men and absolutely slap them around. This drives me crazy. Is your, the censorship. Let's talk about that because mine has started now as of yesterday where you cannot tag me in anything. You can't mention the story. Yeah. Yeah, So it's my turn. Um, So, but yours is, yours is particularly different because they have all out grabbed the arsenal and just, thrown it all your direction like oh, with me, coming at me yeah. right with me they're just trying to shut me up right look you're constantly up our ass you you're always you know one step ahead just shut up you know with you they're all like you are an all-out threat <laughs> right? right so when did this start no, they're saying How they're saying go? that i'm like um they're saying i'm changing my settings so that people can't tag me which it was just complete fault, completely false. They're saying that I am giving harmful 
um, information to but, it, but it's happening and, to you. Right. Like, I, I know when I see these things, I'm like, I'm being harmful. Like I'm being harmed. Yes. What are you talking about? Like, why am I not allowed to tell my story? If I had stage four cancer, would I not be allowed to tell my story? Right. If, if I had something happen from a bee sting, you know, would I not be allowed to tell my story? Why am I not allowed to tell my story just because it's from your freaking vaccine, which isn't even a vaccine. It's an injection. We know that it cannot be called vaccine because it hasn't been through any trials yet. Gene therapy. Um, Right. Gene therapy injection. Because it's that I'm not allowed to tell my story. And it's not like, you know, I had a couple of people they are like, well, they're probably doing it to you because you're sharing videos and this and that, but I'm very careful with what I share. I share things. If you've noticed that are other people's stories as well. So I'll share awareness and create awareness of other people's stories, whether it's a video or something like myself or comments, it's still of their personal story. You know, so I haven't, I haven't come out there. I've never once said I had a nano chip in me. And in the very beginning, the censorship started where they were censoring me saying that I was claiming I had a chip in me. And I came out and I was like, uh, hello guys. I never said anything about a flipping chip. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. As a fa- as a matter of fact, like, I don't know what's inside of me. How about you tell me since mm-hmm. you're telling me that I'm saying it's a chip, maybe you're telling me that there is a chip in me. Like, hey. I, like, I don't know where are you coming up with this stuff? Um, and then when they took down my videos saying that they were false, I'm just, I'm just like, how, how is this happening? At first I was just a little bit angry, but now it's to the point to where they're literally murdering people. Like they've got blood on their hands for what they're doing. And they're trying to ruin my reputation. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows my name now. Everyone knows where I'm from. Everyone knows what hospitals I've been in. Everyone knows what my conditions are. I mean, it's, I put myself out there, right? It's me who did it. So I get that part of it. But now that I have the whole world knows who I am and you're going to ruin my reputation. Yeah. And this is what they've done. So over the last few years, this is the problem that I've seen because I'm 32. I've been doing the whole, I've been a conspiracy theorist since I was 16. It just really, and don't get me wrong. Like that has absolutely mangled my head. Like when I was a kid, there, it was just too much coming out of high school to learn like, holy fuck, this world is insane. Like the people that, that run the show are out of their fucking minds. Right. right. So then it, 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 you know, what they've done was they've created this, this like digital world where we already live with this avatar of ourselves online. We aren't really like us, right? Like your digital self matters to you just as much as your personal self. Right. right? So, and that's what they do. They kind of create your avatar and then you share your avatar with the world so that when they want to, you know, assassinate your avatar, well, it affects everything in your personal life as well. Like they've made sure that you can kind of tie yourself into the digital space as much as possible. And then you're a perfect example of what they do right after right now. It's like, Oh, okay, well, we're going to destroy you. Right. Right. So when did you start really noticing the like the censorship like the walls of censorship really closing in on you well at first like I said it was just taking down my videos um that I didn't really care about and you'll see if you go back you'll see my post being like oh bring it on bring it on it started to get scary when they were like going into my settings and changing things and deleting people off of my page and literally I would post something as a test just to see if there were people watching. And I know some people were like, oh, people are reporting you. And I'm like, no, no, no. Even if someone reported it, I've reported a million people and I always get some stupid thing back. Like, oh, we looked at it, whatever. That's, they've got way too much, billions of people that they're monitoring. They don't have time to sit there and do that. The fact that they have time to sit there and watch everything I post the second I post it, um, I would say probably less than a week ago. I'd probably the last three, four days. It's gotten scary. Like to where I told my, like my husband's a deputy, but that's not going to save me if the men in black come. <laughs> like, I know I sound yeah. crazy. No, I, I'm legitimately like wanting to post things like y'all. I didn't do it. If something happens to me, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to do the old, uh, do the old McAfee, right? 
You want to make yeah. sure that, and it's so, isn't it interesting, right? Like exactly what's happened to that guy. Um, and it makes you want to speak out more though, because if you quiet down hundred percent, then, then that's what they want. Number one, but it, it's deeper than that. It scares right. you so much that if you quiet down, that's almost when like that you feel that they're going to take you out. Oh, and that's exactly what happens, right? They want to make sure that they can silence you first and then they let it right. die down for a while. But if you're constantly like, no, no, no. And, and you get on your Tupac and you just start yelling right now, all of a sudden right. they, they know that like, ah, you know, she's making so much noise that we can't just, you know, get rid right. of her. And, and now for the I people can't stop making noise, a hundred percent. And for the people that think that, you know, you may be crazy for saying the whole men in black thing. We have a couple of nurses out here that, uh, you know, I know personally that have people coming out front of their house, random vehicles, stopping and taking photos and they have to physically go down their driveway and ask them to leave. And it's like, yeah. Well, that's why I like the guy that called my work from New Mexico. Wild. Like the only reason I found out where he was from was because he didn't, he wasn't smart enough to block his number. And my secretary <laughs> gave me his number. So I called the dude, like myself from the hospital. And I mean, I gave him the third degree. I didn't even let him talk. And then I called the police station, but he was just a whack job. But if he could get my info, I'm like, how many, I'm not even scared of the men in black. I'm, I'm scared of anybody. There's probably some people out there politically who will like come after me because I'm making such a stink. I mean, you should see some of the messages I get. It's like, I've had people tell me that I should die. They should have been dead. You know, that I didn't deserve the vaccine that I got. I should have died. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's that's one of those things that I'll just never understand. Like, you know, the people that message me all the time, like, oh, you know, spreading all your conspiracy theories. And it's like, dude, everything that we have said has come true. We literally were sent in what? Um, probably about June or July. No, a little later, probably like an August, September of 2020. The liberal agenda for Canada of exactly what was going to happen by the month. And it has happened, I mean, to a T to the day, but you're still a conspiracy theorist, right? Like, it doesn't matter what you say, but it does get scary, man. Like, I get tired of the messages. It's like, oh, I hope you die of COVID. And it's like, I thought you were trying to stop the spread, though. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Like, that's, that, that's funny. Okay, cool. I like your bias, man. Like, I mean, but we react that way. But inside, when you go to bed at night, it's like... Oh, man, it makes my blood boil, right? Because it's like... I have to laugh it off, but then my wife looks at me sometimes and she's like, you know, you can't jump through the screen, right? And it's like, <laughs> oh man, I fucking wish I could. Like the, just for you to yeah. wish harm on like me and my family. And even though you try to put it away, you know, it might not be there in the forebrain because you're an adult, you have shit to do, uh-huh. right? But in your back brain, you know, you're trying to sleep and it's, it's eating at you. You start dreaming about shit and like, I keep having dreams for the last like five months, months of a ship sinking that I'm on. That tells me something, right? Like I feel like, you know, everything around. Exactly. So I don't know if you've been having like reoccurring settings in your dreams, but it's been happening a lot and it's, it gets scary. Like I wake up in the morning all, Hey, you know, Mr. Positive. And like, but you know, if, if this is getting hard for me, like you have a much bigger following, your situation has been, Because you're coming at it from real life experience, for some odd reason, instead of people learning from it, they feel threatened by it. I don't know why. I don't know why, because it's not what I want. Like what I want and the reason I do what I do and like, you know, updating. And I mean, yeah, the the aspect of what we just talked about that I can't stop because if I do, then I'm silenced in essence. And I just refuse. I'm hardheaded maybe, or I'm scared. I don't know what it is. Um, but the other part is like, there are just so many people that, like I said, don't have the strength that I have that go home to families that need a little, um, that need a little push because they have people to protect. They have little children to protect. They have, you know, their wives and their husbands and their friends and their family and their grandparents. And sometimes they can't speak up. And even if they act like they're all big, bad and tough, you know, they're going home and they're thinking about it because I am a real life person who did it. I am somebody who got the vaccine and did it. I'm not just another anti-vaxxer, what they want to call me, anti-vaxxer talking about it. Like I'm somebody who did it and I'm somebody who am still living it. You know, I'm excited that I walked as far as I did. I'm excited that my heart doesn't feel like I'm having a heart attack right this moment. You know, those aren't things you usually get excited about. 
I'm excited that I'm going down to nine pills instead of 11. <laughs> like yeah. that to yeah. me is good. Um, so I'm praying and hoping every day that people watch my story as a real life person. And I hope that they can connect with me on a level of like, if, if I were them and by doing that, I'm hoping that I can raise awareness. That's the whole reason I do it. So when people feel threatened and they, te- they message me all these nasty things, it doesn't make any sense to me. Sometimes I just want to shoot back at them. Like you said, and I want to go through the screen and pass them out and be the hard headed person that I am, but I have to respond with, I'll just pray for you. <laughs> like, and honestly, that that's the best you can do. But, um, on the other side of this equation, now, you know, we've had a discussion about how hard it gets, the, the silly death threats and all of the, the nonsense. But then there's another side of this. There's that silver lining of the thousands of people that thank you for your message, that wish they had the strength to do what you do, that absolutely applaud you for everything that you're doing, your bravery, the ability to stand up. Like there is also, there's way more of that than there is. Oh yeah. I would agree with that. Right. It, it's just, we, we tend to hold on to the, the shit, right? Like, yeah. but, but there is that other side. So tell me a little bit about that. Like how many, what, what kind of messages are you getting on the other side of the coin? The, oh the my gosh. Side? It's incredible. Um, you know, I still have like over 30,000 messages I haven't even gotten to um, just because they've been piling up and piling up. And when I say 30,000, one person could have sent me 10 messages, but I haven't been able to get to all of them so much so that, you know, I'm working with the frontline doctors and they actually had to have a team extract my data so they could help me go through everything because I can't go through it all. But I, I'm receiving so many positive messages. And that's another thing that probably keeps me going. Like I said, because I'm here for people, had I, had I not been receiving those messages, if I wasn't being told that I'm actually helping so many people, I would have been silenced long ago. The only thing keeping me going, I would say in that magnitude would be the positivity that's coming out of it. The, the lives I've said, I'll never forget the one girl I know I posted about it, who told me that she was watching me and she believes in vaccines and she believed in this whole COVID thing and her whole family was getting vaccinated, but she didn't realize she was pregnant and she went to go get vaccinated and she saw my stories and she decided to wait. And she found out the next day that she was pregnant the very next day. Wow. He was like, you literally saved a life. She's like, it wasn't even like, yo, you saved a life. She's like, you literally saved my baby's life. Um, so that hit me really hard and, and I didn't struggle with it in a negative way, but I struggled with it in a way of like, I've got to keep going. Yes. I've, I've, I can't stop. And, um, you're right. There's, there's so many of them. There are so many people saying that. And at first it was, I mean, it still is, it's kind of hard to hear. Like I'm a pretty humble person. Um, and so it's like all these people lifting me up on this pedestal that I don't belong on per se, you know, and I, and I feel like I don't belong on one. But with, with that being said, let me, let me just, just halt you there for one second. The world has been conditioned to believe that these celebrities these j-lo's and these dwayne johnson's are like these you know amazing people and you should strive to be just like them and but they're the ones who took the payout to tell you to go get something that is killing people right right so what we've done now which is the beautiful thing in all this that is we're finding out now who the people that we should truly look up to are, right? Which are these nurses that have lost everything to speak out, the doctors that have lost everything to speak mm-hmm. out, the people like yourself were, you know, severely vaccine injured and, and still, you know, decided to tell your story. You battled the censorship. You've been like, it's, I totally know what you mean in the sense of like, I don't do well with self-praise. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't do well. So when you say that, I'm like, Oh dude, like I almost feel weird. <laughs> right? I feel like, weird. Well, I feel when, weird. <laughs> and I know you do because when I told you like, Oh yeah, you know, you're a beast. You were just kind of like, ha ha. Okay. I say back to that <laughs> <laughs> instead of being like, fuck yeah, you know, I've been through some shit. Right. Um, no, but it's, uh, that I just wanted to kind of just like, you know, interrupt real quick and let you know that like, we're just redefining 
what inspiration no, that's a really is. good point that's a really good point because we have been conditioned to look up to all these people that are famous and big and bad and all this money and i think there is something to be said for you know the um the i remember you so saw ivory the girl ivory the journalist that came out in america she was from texas houston and she came out and she's like speaking up like the people like her and the people she's the like one with the air conditioning her. right who's doing that for Fox saying that they're telling yes, 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 gotcha, yes. Gotcha. Fox 26. Yeah. And she inspired other journalists to come out. And apparently in the next couple of weeks, there are more and more coming out. Um, and Ivory actually contacted me yesterday. No way. Um, yeah. To do an interview, but I, I was supposed to text her some info and I just, I'm like so nervous to go that big. That makes me nervous. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been an eye-opening thing that like, you're right. Those are the people that we should be looking up to. We shouldn't be looking up to the people that are being paid to interview Fauci, Fauci, however you say his stupid name. Um, because Do- they're, Dr. they're Falsy. Falsy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I, I, it's just hard to put myself there. Like, yeah, for, for sure. But I just want to like, like, especially at this point in time, like we need to start redirecting our, our energy and kind of making sure that we are keeping each other's vibrations high because you know, we're, we're all, man, we have been going up and down Shit's Creek, no boat, no paddle, no anything, right? We have just been walking through the mud and we're getting dragged back every day. And then you got to kind of make a little bit more headway just when you think you do another bill will get signed and they pull you all the way back. And then you got to kind of the amount of times I've been sitting there on my couch, just look at my wife. Like, I think I'm done. Like, Oh yeah. It happened to me today. The governor, the governor of Florida signed. So you've seen me post the whole, I live in Florida. They can't get anything. Well, a federal judge declined his bill today. Yep. And, and another, I was like, Oh yeah, it's so bad. Like it's, but on the same token, you know, Florida over here in Canada seems like paradise because over here is like, like there's, there's, there's these quarantine facilities that are somehow lawful. You don't need to go to them, but they threaten you financially, which is people's biggest, like, oh my God, I, you know, I, I can't take the ticket, even though the ticket, like you, you literally just say, okay, cool, set up a court date and they'll just drop the ticket because none of it is lawful. Right. But the moment you put, you know, a monetary, you know, value to something, people get, they, they get afraid. Right. So that's, that's what they've done here. So everyone's like, yeah, let's go to Florida. And I'm like, I just want you to know, um, even though Ron DeSantis makes an executive order, if you read the whole order, it basically yeah. means that what he sounds sound or what he said sounds good, but there's actually clauses in there that say should they want to like detain you I and know, basically, I saw de- it. you know what I mean? Like, not everything is as it seems. Not everywhere is Texas where like you just can't do anything because they shoot back, right? <laughs> like, right. not not everywhere is Texas, right? So, I don't know, man. Just. <sighs> I'd love to sit here and be like, Hey, Brittany, just, just keep your head up. But that's not like, (laughs) dude, it's so far from that. And I totally understand your struggle, but I mean, you know, the, the amount of lives that you've changed, the amount of people's perspectives that you've changed, even if you've just saved one from not getting, you know, uh, one of these kill shots, which I'm sure you've done many, like you've already saved a woman and her child. So there's a twofer, right? right? (laughs) There's a double bubble. So, I That's mean, what I keep thinking about my double bubble. A hundred percent. And and just try to keep those things in mind. I mean, I don't know how much longer you're going to be on the gram. <laughs> like, any I don't of know. Us. I'll probably go on there, you know, after this call and I'll be kicked off. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the moment that if I'm allowed to tag you, um, I'm going to try when I edit up this podcast and put it up. Yeah. Um, and I guarantee you, it's just going to be like super censored. Right um but either way it's gonna be up on spotify and everything put it on a hard drive yeah (laughs) oh everything everything goes on the hard drive like right after this conversation like i i saved that last one onto the hard drive immediately just in case because i have had them censor zoom calls which is insane right i had um uh we had a call that's uh we do these things called um 
uh, you can't you can't uh, handle the truth. And oh, yeah. it's basically like yeah. me and, and another lady. And uh, I don't know if you've ever tuned in, but, you know, I give people the down low on what these these sick fucks in power are into, like the yeah. child trafficking, open border laws, uh-huh. like this crazy shit. Right. And uh, so, yeah, we do those and we've actually been censored there. So um, I guess coming into the the, you know, the last five minutes, um, what message would you leave for the world? Like if this was your if this was your last five minutes to to give a, a message to absolutely everybody, <laughs> I, I know it's tough, but I ask every guest to, to, you know, leave us with a message and some positivity at the end of it. Um, you know, it has to be positive. <laughs> no, not necessarily. No, <laughs> I mean, I want to be positive. Um, you know, I, that's a really hard one. I just one thing I would say is, you know, through this whole process, I think I've learned the most is to stop being so judgmental of the opposite opinion. Um, I get a lot of messages of the whole, like, like we talked about, like the, you should have just died, blah, blah, blah. And these are people who think the same as me, but they're doing this because I got the vaccine. They're saying it because I, they think I'm one of them. Um, that's the most detrimental thing you can do to try to making a change. If you're trying to make a change and create awareness and create positivity, you can't run around, you know, shooting knives at people. You have to go around and try to pick them up and gather them and put them on your team. And, you know, you can't, you got to try to build an army, right? You're not going to build an army by killing the people next to you. So it doesn't matter what somebody thought about previously. It doesn't matter what they believed. It doesn't matter what their political views are. None of that matters. What matters right now, we're all fighting for our lives. So if somebody's willing to listen, they may listen slower than you did. They may listen slower than the person next to you. They're still listening. They're still watching. I may have people that are messaging me on every freaking little, you know, slide that I do or story that I do, and it might be negative, but they're watching my stories and they're following me. I don't really care if they're a troll. Maybe eventually they won't be. And maybe they're going home at night and thinking she really has a point. She's a real person. She's not JLo getting paid off. So I think like the biggest lesson I've learned and that I would tell other people is to stop being so damn judgmental. You know, if you want to make a change, you've got to actually practice that. Absolutely. And I think that is a super powerful message that people need to hear because, you know, we've we've fallen into the government's trap where they say that, you know, blacks are supposed to hate whites or are supposed to hate, you know, Hispanics and Republicans are supposed to hate liberal and all of this. It's just divide. We're all yeah. on this spinning rock in the middle of space together. Right. Why yeah. are we making this so fucking difficult for each other? Right. It doesn't exactly. make any sense to me. Well, Brittany, um, I, couldn't thank you enough for coming on and you know getting uh getting back to me i mean it was absolutely amazing you're uh you're solid man i'm gonna stick with the you're a beast because uh that, <laughs> that, 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 that's all i got for you but uh absolutely stay in touch uh continue to inspire i appreciate I it well i'll stay in touch absolutely thank you so much